Welcome to season two of the Kids Ask Why podcast. I'm Lockie and I'm eight years old and I do this podcast with my sister Summer who is six years old. If you aren't familiar with our podcast, Kids Ask Why is about kids asking questions and finding the answers together. We talk about science, technology, nature, engineers, and human lifestyle. Welcome to the Kids Ask Why podcast with Summer and Dad. We are talking about stars today. What is a star, Dad? Well, so stars and planets are slightly different, aren't they? We're reading this book called The Sun and Stars. It's a book from Auckland Libraries. It's a very good book about stars because it's got lots of basic facts that we can, it's easy for us to learn about. So are stars the same as planets, Summer? Uh, no. No. What's different between a star and a planet? Um, the stars are full of gas. They are. Some of our big planets are also full of gas. Can you remember what makes stars different from our big gassy planets like um, Jupiter and Saturn? Nuclear. Nuclear reactions. That's right. <laughs> yes, it's a, t- it's a tricky word. But stars use nuclear reactions to create their own light and energy, whereas our big gassy planets like Jupiter and Saturn look very bright in the night sky, but that's because their gas reflects the light from our sun. And what makes the stars different is those nuclear reactions, and they're made up of very, very basic elements, mostly hydrogen in the middle of the star, and it reacts together because there's so much gas in such a small space, it's so densely packed, that a process called nuclear fusion starts, and that's when the two hydrogen atoms under immense pressure are forced together, and they actually join together and make a helium atom that's got two little electrons running around outside it, and that process releases a tremendous amount of energy, and over a long period of time, actually longer than I thought, that energy works its way from the core of the star right in the middle all the way out to the outside of the star and eventually kind of bubbles out to the surface and then gets released into space as light and heat and travels all the way from the sun all the way to Mercury and then Venus and then Earth and so on and so on throughout our solar system to give us the light and the energy that we use every day and all the living plants and animals use every day to stay alive on Earth. Isn't that amazing? It is fantastic. And some stars are really, really big, just like planets. Some are really, really big and some are really, really small. Um, And their brightness also varies as well. So some of them are very, very bright, hundreds of thousands of times brighter than our little sun in our solar system. And some of them are very weak as well. And we'll talk about little dwarf stars. That's their technical name. And they're hundreds and thousands of times fainter than our sun. And stars are really interesting because they come in different colours too. What sort of colours can you see here on this page, Summer? Some of them are... Blue. Yeah, and some of them are kind of what colour? Orangey, reddy. Yeah, orangey, reddy colour. So the stars colours, all the different kind of colours of the rainbow almost, except for maybe green. But it says here that a star's colour is determined by its surface temperature, so how hot it is on the surface of the star. And our sun is kind of yellowy-whitey colour. Um, and the, some of the ones that are really quite cool, by comparison, are red and orange. And then the really, really bright ones are what colour? Um, blue and... 
violet. Violet. Yeah, so the more blue looking the sun is, the hotter it is. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the blue ones are the bigger ones either. Some of the really, really big ones are orangey red because they've gotten really big, but they've cooled down. How do stars form? That's a really good question. So again, in this book, The Sun and Stars, it talks about how stars are born. So they start out as big clouds of dust and gas, many, many, many light years across. So they're very, very big clouds. And part of them, or some of those clouds, start to gather together into a little ball. So it takes thousands of years for stars to start forming. And when the small clumps of dust and gas start to form together, it attracts other gas to it. So the clump gets bigger and bigger. Think about it like um, if you start a snowball rolling down a hill. It starts as a little snowball and then it gathers other snow together with it as it rolls down the hill and the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it attracts more snow together and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as it rolls down the hill. Well, stars forming is a little bit like that. The, the dust that gathers together, the dust and gas that gathers together um, starts to get bigger and bigger. And as it gets bigger, it gets more mass. So that means its gravity is stronger. So it starts to pour more dust and gas together. And that gas cloud gets bigger and bigger and it gets denser and denser as it pulls it all in. And eventually it reaches this critical mass where the, the gas inside the middle of this big cloud starts to get so dense and under so much pressure because of the gravity that the little tiny hydrogen atoms, and they've only got one little electron running around outside them, they're our smallest and most basic um, particle or element, um, they start to smush together, and they smush together and they form a helium atom with two electrons running around the outside. And that smushing together of the two nucleuses of the atoms like this, smushing together, releases a tremendous amount of energy and that is the start of a star and that's how they start that's how they start out and sometimes this can be triggered by the process of other stars so the shock waves from an exploding star called a supernova can smush gas together to start another clump of gas gas which starts the kind of seed if you like for a new star and that's what it says here in this book it says often the process of star creation is triggered by other stars. The shock waves from a massive exploding star can push and pull gas within a nebula to form clumps, which are the seeds of new stars. And that's how they that's how they can start. That's pretty cool. And that process of starting a star produces fusion, and that can last for ever so long time, thousands and thousands of years. In fact, billions of years of the star just bubbling away like a like a like a pot of boiling water the fusion going on in the core and then releasing this energy out through the outside surface of the star, producing light and heat for a long, long, long time, billions and billions of years. But of course, just like um, fuel in on our planet, that we use coal and gas and stuff, the sun's energy is produced by the presence of those hydrogen atoms and eventually they run out. They all fuse together and there's none left. And at that point, it starts to change its size. It might become bigger or it might collapse on itself. Um, so the star starts to become unstable after billions of years of burning all of the hydrogen. And sometimes the helium begins to um, fuse together, and that makes bigger elements. Um, and that's how, how all of the elements in our universe were created, by the fusion process within early stars. So that starts to make carbon and oxygen, and they're two pretty vital elements for life on Earth, because we're made out of carbon and we breathe oxygen, don't we, to survive. 
but those elements produced by the sun can make the sun unstable. So sometimes they grow up and they become big, giant, red giants. They just go bigger and bigger and bigger and they swell up and swell up and all of the gas kind of expands around the star as it gets bigger and bigger. And that's what will happen to our star, we think, eventually, is it will become a red giant eventually. Oh, yes, so here we are in this book here. This book is called "Wonder Why I Wonder Why Stars Twinkle and Other Questions About Space. And in this book it says that towards the end of their lives, stars like our sun swell up and become as much as 100 times bigger. That's going to be very big, isn't it? They turn into red giants. Our sun will do this in about 5 billion years' time. So that's a long time away. We don't have to worry about that, do we, Summer? And then when it's used up all of its gas fuel, a red giant, sw- red giant shrinks down into a white dwarf. And then it's a bit very, very small, but very, still very hot. And then it starts to cool down. And then it becomes a black dwarf, which is like a cold, dark star. So there you go. So they get bigger and bigger and bigger as they swell up when they start to run out of fuel. And then when they completely run out of fuel, that shrinks down again into something called a white dwarf. That's really interesting, isn't it? Why do stars twinkle? Well, that's a very good question. So stars in space, if we went out into space and we looked at a star, it wouldn't twinkle at all. It would be a big round ball. It wouldn't be star-shaped. It would be a big round ball in the sky. And it would shine brightly, but very, very um, consistently. You would see the brightness would be consistent. It wouldn't twinkle at all. It twinkles because the air in our atmosphere bends the light ever so ever so slightly as it goes through maybe hot or cold patches of air different densities of air can bend the light ever so slightly and you can actually see this at home if you get a glass and you fill it full of water and you put a straw in it let's make sure that they're environmentally friendly straws like the um, metal ones or glass straws not cardboard ones and we put the straw inside the glass of water And if you look straight down, you'll see the straw bends or changes direction when it reaches the water. So it will go into the water on one angle and then it will bend and change direction and go at a different angle. And that's because the light, when it gets to a different density, actually refracts. It reflects at a different angle. It makes the straw look like it's bent, but it's actually still straight. But the light, when it goes through different densities of gas and liquid, it changes its shape slightly. It, it goes in at a different angle. And you can see that if you do that experiment with a straw. And it's kind of the same principle as the light goes through different densities, hot and cold air, slightly different densities in our atmosphere. Um, it will bend the light fractionally, just a little tiny bit, and that's what makes them look like they twinkle. So we get slightly different brightness coming to our eyes because of that bending light. And that's what makes it look like it twinkles. Why can I only see the stars at night? So we see the stars only at night time, not because they're not there. They're there all the time. But we don't see them because the sun is so bright that it produces enough light and the other light from the stars that aren't quite so bright can't get through or we can't see it. So it's still there. They're still there. The brightness from our sun is so bright that it drowns them out. We can't see them. It's a bit like if you had a tiny little candle something and you were holding up a candle and then you shone a big bright light behind it or in front of it, you wouldn't be able to see the candle because the other light was far too bright and its and its light would, would sort of envelop it and we couldn't see it. So they start to come out at night. You'll notice that when it gets dark, there'll be one star and then two stars, and then three stars, and four stars, and five stars, etc. in the night sky as it gets darker. And that's because we see the brightness from that first star that will be one of the brightest objects in the night sky. And we start to see that first, and then the other ones 
come out as the level of light produced by the sun fades and the level of light from the stars starts to take over. And so as the Earth rotates away from the sun, it becomes nighttime. That's when we start to see the stars come out. Why does the moon sometimes stay up in the daytime when the sun is out? Oh, that's a really good question. Most of the time we see the moon at nighttime, don't we? But sometimes the moon is out in the daytime and you call that staying up late, hey, when the moon's out in the daytime. Well, that's because the moon revolves around the earth, goes round and round and round in an orbit, and the sun, or sorry, the earth rotates around the sun in its orbit. So it goes round and round the sun and also the earth spins, doesn't it? So the earth spins and that's why we see the sun come up in the east and set in the west. It's not because the sun's moving, but because our Earth is spinning around on its axis and we see the Sun as the Earth spins into the path of the Sun, we see the Sun come up and we see the Sun during the day and then we spin away from the Sun at night time and, and we see the Sun go down and then we get night time. And it's easy to see the Moon at night time because there's not much else in the night sky and the Moon reflects the light off the Sun and bounces it back to the Earth so it looks very bright and we can see it at night time. But actually, the moon is rotating around the Earth as well, and it rotates around the Earth, around and around and around. And so sometimes the moon is on this side, which is away from the sun, so we can't see the sun at nighttime on this side of the planet, and the moon is on this side as well, so we see the moon at nighttime. But what happens when the moon is on the same side, or the moon is kind of between the Earth and the sun, is we see it during the daytime. So as it rotates around this way, And as our Earth spins, we see the moon in the daytime and we see the sun because the sun is projecting light straight onto the Earth and also the moon is right there on that same side and so we see the moon in the daytime. And that happens sometimes as well, doesn't it? You see the moon kind of in the the daytime sky reflecting the light from the sun so we can see both at the same time. That's very cool. So have we learnt lots about the sun and stars, Summer? Yes, we have. Thank you for listening.